Welcome. I'm Lauren Rosen, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm Kelly Frankie, licensed marriage and family therapist. And this is Purely OCD. Kelly and I are OCD specialists who happen to also be in recovery from OCD ourselves. Each week we meet to talk about all things OCD, one topic at a time. You may notice we try to bring a little levity and humor to our discussion around this deeply painful disorder, as this has been a very powerful tool for our own recovery as well as our clients. We tend to cover obsessions, compulsions, and exposures. There's also a Q&A at the end. If you would like, you can join us in the future. We meet on Mondays at 12.30 Pacific time on Instagram Live. And if you do find this podcast helpful, please leave us a review so we can gain more visibility to reach more people like yourself and help spread awareness of what it's like to live with OCD. Quick reminder, this is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only. So without further ado, here is this week's episode. Hello. Is this a good angle? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, I can't see your eyes, so... Great. <laughs> There's that. Uh, hello from London as well. And somebody just asked, can they ask questions? And yes, you may. We are going to try and stay on the topic of OCD and meditation today. Uh, and a lot of people from the UK today, I like it, representing. And then Alberta, thank you. Oh, Boca Raton. Ooh. All across the, the world, actually. I almost said the United States, but the UK is not part of the United States anyway, nor is Vancouver, Canada. So welcome to this week's episode of of Purely OCD. We're going to be talking about OCD and meditation. Welcome. As sort of an extension of our discussion of acceptance, which we did two episodes on over two weeks. Yeah. So if you're interested in checking those out as for a more in-depth discussion about, about that, um, you're more than welcome to. And, but obviously acceptance is part of what meditation supports in OCD recovery. Yes. And it's not always necessary, like a formal meditation, if that's what we're talking about. That it, uh, you're right. It's not always necessary. And we can sort of talk about yeah, yeah. mindfulness activities that are. We prefer meditation. you to be doing a meditation practice. Let me reframe that. <laughs> we prefer and we suggest that those things happen. Um, it might benefit you to meditate. Um, I know it has benefited me tremendously in my Same. recovery. Same. Maybe we talk about a few modifications too, because people who have trauma can sometimes have a difficult time as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So anyways, yeah. Meditation. Should we start, should we start about uh, talking about what we mean when we're talking about meditation? Because there are a lot of different kinds of meditation. I was actually just talking to my father-in-law about all the different kinds of meditation that there are. Yeah. Actually, I'm not, uh, I'm not familiar with different types. I've heard of like transcendental, 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 dental. It was close. I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. It's been a while since I heard that word. Yeah. Um, But yeah, what are the other ones? Well, so uh, transcendental, I don't know too much about T, it goes by TM. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that you're given a mantra that is specific um, to you and 
that your the focus of your meditation is this mantra. Right. And in, in that respect, it's not dissimilar from the kind of mindfulness meditation that Kelly or I might teach somebody to support in their OCD recovery, which is the anchor isn't necessarily a, a phrase or a mantra, but the breath or the sounds in one's environment. Um, there's also uh, people hear meditation, they might think of visualizations, which often... Yeah that exists too as a a form, but is different again than maybe what we might teach. There's also Metta or Maitri, uh, depending on which. I don't know this one. Yeah. So Metta is loving kindness. I think Metta is Sanskrit and Maitri, I don't know. I think that's in the the Tibetan tradition, whatever. The long of the short is, I love that you're adjusting, adjust away girlfriend. that the the practices are done to try to foster a sense of loving kindness. Um, so there, and there are gratitude practices. There are all sorts of things, but when we're talking about meditation in the context of OCD recovery, all of these things could in theory have a place in, in your life or in, in your recovery, but mindfulness focused attention, mindfulness based meditation is usually a good starting point and then there's also, and then we can sort of move on to practicalities, yes. open, open awareness meditation, mm. which Kelly and I actually heard a, a monk that we've mentioned on this podcast before, yeah. uh, Yungi Mingyur Rinpoche, talk about uh, <laughs> such a cute guy. <laughs> he is cute. Yeah. Um, he's the best. And basically the idea is to just be aware of what you're aware of. So noticing with mindfulness, this non-judgmental awareness of the present moment, oh, I'm noticing my breath. Oh, I'm noticing the sound that I just heard. Oh, I'm right. Like, and not necessarily in that formal of a way I'm describing it. Uh, it's just whatever comes up in the present moment. And watching that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really unfocused today. So, um, we're just going to keep on bringing it back to the present moment as we would if we were meditating. Yes. Great. Great. And I would say the addition to that is that sometimes I will offer this as an exposure. So if somebody, instead of grounding in the breath, maybe it's grounding in the feeling, like whatever's coming up for that person, if they're feeling, you know, if their obsession is around sadness, right, we're going to ground ourselves in the feeling of sadness. So when your mind drifts, we're going to come back. Remember, we're thinking about sadness. We're feeling sadness. Right. Not thinking, we're feeling sadness. Yeah. Come back. And all um, of the physical sensations that that are sadness. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So that's the only modification I would say. Yeah. Well, and I love w- in, in terms of exposure, and we talked about this when we talked about sensory motor OCD, I think, but oftentimes it is triggering for people to watch the breath yes. or, uh, you know, focus on some sort of physical sensation. And so it can be an exposure unto itself to do a basic mindfulness meditation. <laughs> Hi, Lisa. 
Hi, Lisa. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, anyway, uh, you might not start out with that if you have anxiety related to your awareness of the breath. You might start by holding your attention or resting your attention on the felt experience of sitting, right? What is, oh, what does it feel like? I can feel my seat touching the cushion. I can feel my back against the chair, whatever. Yeah. And even the, um, in what's that book by, um, Hyman, Bruce Hyman, uh, which I love his book, the OCD workbook. That's what it is. It's a really Mm -hmm. basic name, but for some reason my brain can never remember it. Um, well, cause it could be a million things, right? It could be like the OCD, uh, <laughs> handbook like handbook. Yes. That's a good, yeah. Thank you. So anyways, he has a great thing in there about, um, attention shifting. So mm. it's kind of like this practice. Cause when we have sensory motor stuff, it's we're, ho- we're hyper aware and hyper focused on one particular bodily sensation. And this practice is more of shifting your mind with a noise in the room. And, you know, that's the most important awareness you have right now. Ground yourself in that noise and then quickly shift to how you feel physically in the contact of your body to the seat, like what Lauren was just talking about. Then shifting your emotion quickly to another sound in the room. And it's basically just the point that's being proved is that you can, you actually can shift your attention of where you want to put it. So I have a sound machine in here, which I loathe but I have it because I work from home and it's going, it's all the time going. And when I, I hate it the most is when I'm noticing it the most and I'm giving it so much attention versus coming back to the present moment with writing notes or speaking with a client is like, it's still there. The noise is still there. That damn white noise machine. I can't wait till the day it breaks um, <laughs> and I can just turn that bad boy off. Yeah. Yeah. And then noticing it's there. I don't have to give it all my attention. I don't have to keep like the fact that I hate it so much shows that I've given it way too much attention. So I'm really not practicing <laughs> what I preach, but you are but, because you're, you're practicing coming back and, and to the present and accepting what is, which is the whole point. True. You know, true. we Thanks. we can't change the fact that we're going to have negative yeah. Uh, immediate experiences secondary to some it's stimuli. It's so true, though. No, yeah. good point. Because I was stuck though for a while, and I was really, I was having a hard time focus focusing initially. Because usually our sound machines are outside of our office. But anyways, that was a really long winded explanation. No, but I think of attention training. <laughs> yeah, and actually, I I did. Um, a training with Dr. Jason, I think his name is Jason Goodman. And he was talking about attentional training and I I'll kind of explain a little bit of what he was doing. It's not dissimilar to what Bruce Hyman was describing. So I wonder if they're of the same ilk, but I actually did this, this exercise with him that it's basically, there are a number of sounds that are introduced at the same time. And you're Uh, trying to train your attention on one of the sounds and that doesn't mean that you you can't shut out the other sounds. You're just trying to prioritize the focus of this one thing. And that, that allows for your ability to shift your attention, which if we can bring it back to OCD, the way that this is m- most important is that, what, well, in my opinion anyway, 
there are a lot of ways, but one of the ways is that when you are ruminating or if you have a propensity toward rumination or some sort of mental compulsion, the ability to say, oh, I'm doing that thing again, let me disengage from that and bring my attention back to the present moment. Yeah. And that's not going to be necessarily the breath when we're, or the sitting posture or whatever, Mm -hmm. but being sort of diving into the sensory experience of what's going on right now is what we're trying to practice, continually diving back in to here. What's real, right? Right. Because our mind is all just, this is not something that everyone can agree is all happening. It's reality, the five senses. Yeah. Like what is happening right now with me and around me? Right. But no, you're totally right. It's And at the, I should re, uh, retract is that Bruce Hyman talks about um, at the end, like putting all the sounds together and and then noticing you can move. And I think John Hirschfield talks about this in the book him and Shala wrote, which. Oh yeah. The everyday mindfulness for OCD. Yeah. It's definitely my top five. It's right here, but, and it's small. So it's great size, but they talk about it in uh, terms of listening to a song and noticing like, okay, hi, Amy. Hi, Uh, Amy. Noticing the song and saying like, oh, there's the, the piano, there's the trumpet, there's the guitar. And and able to, being able to shift around. Sorry, I know yes. you're talking about the other stuff, but no, no, no. I think that that's great because I and I love that you brought up the attentional training. And I think if people are a little bit intimidated by meditation, or even for some of my clients, like teenagers, I'll I'll say, "What's your favorite song?" And mm-hmm. then we pick a song and trying to rest your attention, or first of all, to hear all of the different parts because we're so, when. You're really present when you do that. Right. And that in your head. Yes. And you're in the experience of it. You're, you're in this sort of, you're in the richness of it. Mm -hmm. And then you can try to, to train your attention on one of the things like the background vocals or the, the, uh, rhythm section, or maybe, maybe there's a cowbell. Ooh, even better. Boom. I got a, I got a fever, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And the only prescription is more cowbell. I hope everyone understands that reference. Anywho. <clears throat> so so yes. going back to meditation is it's a practice and it's a skill that you have to learn. And I, I do think that so often people try it and then they go, oh, that was useless, number one, because it did nothing <laughs> for me. Number two. I, I hated it. It was I, uncomfortable. Oh, and I, number two, I hated it because it was uncomfortable. Or number three, which is I was terrible at it. So so when an OCD therapist is trying to tell you about meditation, we've heard all of those. Just mm-hmm. so you know. We've Everyone's heard all bad of them. at meditation, by the way. If, if that's the barometer that we're using, if, if we're supposed to, if in our minds... Sorry, yes. I totally interrupted you. No go. I just in get excited, minds. you know. I know. In our minds, um, if our goal is to have a brain that doesn't get distracted, 
you're you're we're in on the, the wrong, wrong planet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sorry that that's not going to work. Then a that's, lobotomy is in order, which is yes. not funny. I recognize that. But honestly, OCD has been so bad at points in my life personally that I've been like, there's no other way out. Right. No, and, for sure. For uh, sure. And then here we are talking about mindfulness. So we have a lot of hurdles to leap. Uh, it's hard and it's going to take time. It's like a, what's the right word? Um, like a delayed gratification almost. It is. And at the same token, you're not practicing it with any sort of end goal in mind. You're just practicing. You're trying to get better at the skill of noticing when you've wandered so that you can come back. Because for most people with OCD, they live their lives in their minds and lost in their minds, really. Yes. And so- the more we can bring you back into your lived experience, the better. And also just to notice that you're not in your lived experience, which is the, one of the other true benefits of meditation is the ability to see like, oh, I'm thinking. I didn't, I just thought I was living my life. But all the time when you start, when you stop and the, the benefit of doing a traditional meditation, closing your eyes being in this sort of vacuum where nothing's going on except for maybe your breath or the sounds that you can hear that you are, you're going to get distracted, right? That's the point. And that's the whole point. The point is actually learning to come back. Yes. So everyone knows. Exactly. And you're going to notice more when you're thinking, when you're having an emotion, when, uh, when you have an urge, Right? Like, oh, I want to itch my shoulder right now. All of these things become more clear to you because you're not being just, dis- you're not, you don't have all the distraction of everyday life. Yes, exactly. And then what I mean by um, a delayed gratification, what I mean is that when we are talking about meditation practice, um, when we're integrating it daily, you know, three to 20 minutes or however long it is you meditate for, that that's where we build this foundation of now in your everyday life, you're, you know, walking around the block and all of a sudden you're like, Oh, like I just naturally am being present now. Yeah. Yeah. It's like integral. It's like the way we think. Yes. Now. That's so, that's such a good point. It's kind of like going to the gym, right? You're building a muscle. You're learning how to, yeah. How to flex something. And it's not the each individual workout. I mean, if you're anything like me, it's going to be like a pain in the tuchus. But I hate working out more than I hate the white noise machine. (laughs) People keep saying it's going to get easier. And I'm like, you know, I'm almost 40. (laughs) And uh, I hate it just as much, if not more. So I mean, I think that. I, it's funny because it's multiple. There's multiple layers to it, right? Like the well, yeah, the yeah, initiation yeah. of it, though, I yes. don't think ever gets easier because there's inertia, and the inertia is like, I don't want to freaking move. I want to. Right. Wanna it's sit more here. totally. It's that <laughs> integration of like, ah, I need to work out. Yes. Yeah. Um. Somebody asked in the questions what the best time of day to meditate is. I. I don't think that there's a right answer. I think whenever, whenever you're going to make time is the best time. And it, the duration can be short again, if it's something that you're willing to do consistently. And the only other thing I will say on this subject is that I have found when I wait, 
What I have found in my, my journeys as a meditator is that if I wait until the end of the day, regularly throughout the day, I'm sort of like, oh, I got to do that. Oh, I got to do that. And then, so when I do it at the beginning of the day, there's a, oh, okay. Like that's, it's, that thing is settled. And then it kind of informs the rest of my day. So I prefer to do it in the morning, but there's not a right time to do it. Lauren's a non-procrastinator folks. So it's, (laughs) (laughs) she's really good at that. She's just like on the ball. Sometimes that's Um, not true though. I like in terms of, I think I I didn't, well, and I appreciate that, but it's the, the, amount of times I have procrastinated meditation and didn't like it. So I'm like, I'm just going to do it now. Um, but yeah, do you want to, we, do we want to answer some questions? I know we got to cut this one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Hold one moment, please. My sister is on here. Hi, Renee. Oh, Renee. (laughs) Do y'all have recommendations? Okay. Um, this is kind of meditation related. Do you all have a recommendation on whether or not it's most helpful to use your mindfulness anchor as your response prevention for ERP work? Wait, say that again. Sorry. I missed the first half. Uh, do y'all have a recommendation on whether or not it's most helpful to use your mindfulness anchor? And I, I don't, can't see the rest of it now. Cause I, uh, okay. hold on. Mindfulness anchor as your response prevention for ERP work. I have thoughts, but do you have thoughts? No, you start. You take the lead on this one. So I would say that the the mindfulness meditation anchor is a proxy for the present moment in everyday life. I think saying, oh, this is going to be my anchor so that I don't compulse it could get rigid and it could be problematic and could almost become compulsive, right? Like I'm just going to come back to my breath every single time that I have uh, the desire to ruminate versus, all right, I'm going to just bring myself back to the present moment and whether that's right. The breath or whatever. Right. And it goes into what I was saying earlier is like this, this long-term investment and, is that after we're doing meditation for a while and it's become just part of our lifestyle, we integrate mindfulness tools as a way of a new way of thinking, basically. Okay. So the relapse prevention is really just your you integrating mindfulness as a mindset, like of just how you go about your life and saying, oh, I just got triggered. Let me come back or let me let me actually be mindful about what my choice is. Is like maybe I now I'm gonna lean in and going with values and mm-hmm. actually wrapping it into act, which is what we talked about for two weeks. Yeah. And I think the non-judgmental piece, the yes. ability to see like, oh, I got caught. Oh, I got caught. Right. There's no judgment. There's no yeah. I was bad for getting caught. It's just Oh, back to the present. There it is. Uh, and I agree. It's the, it becomes part of how, how you operate the more that you practice or you pivot more, more easily toward that approach, even if your tendency is to, um, to initially be resistant or, uh, to judge yourself for having the thoughts. One thing I will say though, is I love this question in that I think that the whole benefit of mindfulness well, what, like I said earlier, there's many, but one of the largest benefits for mindfulness is 
this component of um, being able to refocus on the present because that's where everything that is happening in your life is. That matters. But it's your whole life. Right now is your whole life. And so is the next moment. And so is the next moment. It's a lot of pressure. I know. (laughs) I was just thinking this weekend, I was like, watching my husband and my daughter playing in the, in the beach at the, in the sand and the waves. And I was like, I'm feeling really anxious. I don't have any thoughts. And then I was like, Oh no, like this come back. And then I had this pleasant thought of like, there'll never be another moment like this. And I'm really enjoying it. And then OC's like, you better really enjoy it. Like really, really enjoy this because it's going to be gone at any second. And we don't know if you're enjoying it fully, are you? So you're welcome for that little anecdote. Well, it's an important anecdote though, because it just demonstrates how anxiety can attack (laughs) freaking anything. It's like, are you being present enough? Are you being mindful enough? And I think really trying to wear mindfulness like a loose garment and just always, always. Yeah. That's kind of like the slogan of OCD recovery, right? It's like loosen, Mm -hmm. loosen the grip with everything, you know, like don't hold too tightly. Yeah. If you're gnashing your teeth, you're probably, you know, going to benefit from, (laughs) Ah! yeah, Uh, you might benefit from taking a step back. Yeah. Yeah. So I hate to do this, but I do have to go get my daughter from school. Well, I appreciate everybody showing up, you especially, my friend. Same Um, to you. For this conversation, and we're happy to continually discuss uh, meditation and how it can benefit people with, with OCD and anxiety disorders. Yes. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Adieu. Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD. If you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. You can find past episodes on our website at purelyocd.com. Remember, this podcast is for you, so please let us know what you would like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD. 